Adam 12. Adam 12. Cop Talk America's on the air. Copy. Put me 10-6. I'm tuning into Cop Talk America. Welcome to Cop Talk America, where police discuss the job, answer questions, and respond to law enforcement hot topics around our great nation. With over 100 years combined law enforcement experience, here's your host. Welcome to another edition of Cop Talk America. We're back on the air. Glad to be here. We're going to get a little political on this one. Uh, not too political. Uh, the first thing we're going to do, and I tell you what, it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat, a Republican, an Independent. If you're an American, this should uh, disturb you. I'm not here to support any president or a political candidate or anything else. I am here to say that this is disturbing. And that's this uh, rash of attacks on Donald Trump supporters uh, just because you're wearing a hat. Uh, just because you disagree with someone. You know, if this was happening to Bernie Sanders supporters or anyone else, I'd be just as disturbed. It's wrong, period. Everybody's entitled their opinion in this country, and when you're not doing anything violent or anything wrong, and you have groups of bullies, you have groups of anarchists, you have groups of assholes, for lack of a better term, that want to attack the old folks and everybody else, just because they don't like the freaking hat they're wearing or the presidential candidate they're supporting or the president that they support, we got a problem with that. And like I said, it, it, it should disturb everyone. So we're going to go some videos here, then we're going to talk about it. I did, Sean. He says that he was out here walking in the Seneca Club neighborhood of Germantown when two men approached. They told him to take off his hat, a hat that he wears all of the time. He says he was shocked when then one of them hit him from behind. Take a listen. And I was like... Why are you doing that? You know, we don't have to do this. They said, no, 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 that, that is not, you know. So, and then um, they started, you know, punching me on my head. Attacked for wearing the signature red baseball cap bearing President Trump's campaign slogan? Atsu Nabel says the two men began harassing him as soon as they spotted his MAGA hat, shouting that he take it off. He told them that he is entitled to his political views and tried to walk away, but they became violent, repeatedly hitting him until he fell to the ground. Nabel says he came to the United States legally from Togo in West Africa in 2007 and is now a U.S. citizen. He supported the Republican Party and President Donald Trump from the beginning, attending campaign events and even volunteering at the inauguration. How can you for freedom? Uh, you know, I like it. It's not that, you know, you and I disagree. They're going to beat me up or, you know, going to kill me. We are humans, you know. We have a brain. Witnesses called 911 and Montgomery County police say officers canvassing the area found the two suspects at a nearby basketball court attempting to hide among the children playing. 27-year-old Javon Crawford and 25-year-old Scott Robertson are facing multiple charges, including second-degree assault and robbery. Nabel says during the attack, the men smashed his headphones. Also, he tried to pull out his cell phone and take a photo of them as they ran away. They came back and tried to fight him for it, but he was able to fight them off, and that's when the witnesses called police. You didn't say anything to anybody? You were just walking out? Or what? I was walking out with a Trump sign. He grabbed my Trump sign and started following me. And I was like a racist. Yeah, 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 so you literally didn't say blood. anything to, to provoke them. At I was just like, yeah, Trump, Trump. That's my bad. And then, uh, yeah, so they followed me, like spit on me, stuff like that. It's like walking away. They're like, get out of here. I'm like, I'm walking away. Well, that Trump supporter had just been smacked in the head outside a Trump rally in San Jose, California, to Tim Poole, who shot that video. That's the video I'm referring to, Tim, where the guy runs up behind the man in the yellow shirt, smacks him on the side of the head. That's the video you took, correct? It is, yes. And th there was no provocation. It looks like he was just run up behind him. No provocation for that to happen to the man in the yellow shirt. Take me through it. Hey, you were on the sidelines. You were watching this. Take me through it, please. Well, I, we had been uh, covering the event from the front of the convention center where the Trump rally was taking place, just outside the Marriott. This, this guy in the, in, the, in, the shirt, in the yellow shirt came out with a Trump sign yelling Trump, Trump. And when he did, the group rushed him, ripped his sign from him. And, you know, there was sort of, you could see the tension. And so I immediately started filming and following him. And the crowd just ran straight after him as he walked out. Once he turned the corner, he seemed totally oblivious to the fact that he had this huge crowd behind him. And that's when that video uh, takes place. You see the guy come up with a shopping bag with who knows what in it, hitting him in the head. And it, it wasn't until after he was attacked, a few police officers rushed in and, and pushed him away from the crowd and pulled him 
to safety where I was able to talk to him about what happened. Uh, who did it? You say there was a large crowd chasing him. Who were they? These are anti-Donald Trump protesters. The, the crowd grew very, very quickly. They were up right in the front of the entrance of where the attendees were trying to get in. And the police actually had to form a line so that the attendees could safely get in and out. Was it a violent atmosphere? I mean, you could kind of feel that something bad was happening here? It was, uh, it was unreal. Um, so I, I had covered the event down in San Diego, and it, was, it wasn't this tense. It, it was similar. We're, we're seeing you know, these uh, younger anti-Donald Trump protesters are very, very angry. And they're, they're targeting the, the Trump supporters as they come out. You know, often we... I, I just want to know, how far away from the speech, from the venue of the speech, did this incident take place? I'm trying to figure out that people came out of the Trump rally, they moved towards wherever they were going, and then you say a large crowd followed them. I mean, was this a mob running through the street to follow these guys? The, it was a large portion of the protest group had, had, had run around the corner of the convention center. So you've got the Hilton, the Marriott, and the convention center. Right in the middle is where the rally was taking place. But people were coming out of the sides on, on, uh, mm -hmm. on the different corners of these streets. And aside from this one video, there, there were several instances where uh, even I saw some older people coming out just totally oblivious to what was going on, getting knocked to the ground. Their hats were ripped off and set on fire. Uh, we understand that the uh, San Jose police force is going to be looking at all the video to see if there's any prosecutions possible and to review their procedures here. Do you have any fault to find with the police? It's, you know, I, I'm not an expert on, on, uh, on police protocol and, and all that. There, there was, when this man in, in the yellow shirt was coming out, there, w there were several officers who did not intervene when the crowd started rushing at him, spitting on him, and, and pushing him. And, you know, I don't know what the reason for that is. I assume it's because, you know, the police have different uh, units, like the arrest units and, and crowd control and stuff like that. Okay. And it wasn't until after he was hit in the back of the head that officers actually come in and pull him out. Okay. Tim Poole, uh, you shot this video, and we appreciate you sharing it with us. Tim Poole, everyone, thank you very much indeed, sir. Thank you. We begin with several developing stories here on a Friday night. First, the violent and bloody clashes outside a Donald Trump event. Protesters attacking Trump supporters. Those supporters were attacked as they left the convention center in San Jose overnight. Some punched, some chased down and beaten. Others had bottles thrown at them. And just a short time ago, Donald Trump addressing the violence. ABC's Tom Yamas is in California. Tonight, Donald Trump condemning the protesters behind those bloody attacks on his supporters. They walk out and they get accosted by a bunch of thugs burning the American flag. And you know what they are? They're thugs. Anti-Trump protesters hunting down the very people who back Trump, pelting a woman with eggs. Oh, my God. Surrounding this man, trying to get away. <laughs> Other Trump supporters beaten. What happened? I was walking on the street, and this guy, like, sucker punched me in the back of the head. The protesters shaking cars, breaking taillights. Police on hand, but it seems that they didn't act quickly enough. All right, we're back. So, you know, like I was saying earlier, it doesn't matter if you're a diehard Republican. <laughs> if you're, you're right, Jeff. Wow. <laughs> if you're a diehard Republican, if you're a diehard Democrat, or you're a diehard I don't give a rat's ass, uh, these videos, that's Jeff. We got one in the room. Uh, it doesn't matter if you voted for Donald Trump or Mickey Mouse in the last election. This stuff should should bother you. This is anarchy. This is the kind of shit you see in a third world country. And I think Jeff said that earlier when we weren't on the air. Since when did we become a third world country? This looks like Guatemala or Venezuela or or who knows what, um, this kind of activity. Uh, this just should not be happening in this country. And it, it's practically being ignored by a lot of the media, practically being ignored by a lot of our presidential candidates on the left, and there's a problem there. We have elections for a reason, and that's so we don't have this goofy crap going on. If you don't like somebody, you vote them out of office. And the ability to have a conversation about any subject matter should start with just the basic of treating each other with the respect that you're another human being. 
Jarvis and I have discussions about politics every so often, and we don't necessarily always agree. That's shocking. Not only the fact that Bubba can beat me up, but he still is very polite. We have our conversations, and we move on. These people who take everything personal, I mean, let us remember, the last time we were talking about these mega hats, it was a goofy up in Chicago wearing it saying, well, that's what got him beat up. And I'm like, yeah, the stronghold Republican area of Chicago, Illinois. I mean, let's face it, you're not where I'm, never mind, enough of that. And now you got these folks that are sitting here and they're wearing a hat or they're whatever. And all of a sudden you get this group of young men that get together and supposedly spontaneously decide, I'm going to go over and address this. Or the girl knocking the hat off the guy's head and then starting into a fight. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Do we have this group mentality of the group gets to go out and interfere with one person's choice of what they're wearing? I don't like the fact that kids wear their pants where I can sit here and I don't see their butt crack. I see their butt. That's stupid to me. Now, what's nice when you're on the job and they try to run away from you, one hand's holding their pants and the other hand's trying to get rid of the gun. So there's not a lot going on. And I'm not real fast, but that does help me catch some of them. You are a kid. Um, you're not real fast, huh? <laughs> Trust but, me on that. <laughs> but, but, Jeff, that you, just I, goes to show you the way that Tide is coming to this country now with lawlessness as well as everybody says, well, we can go out and do almost basically what we want to, and nothing is going to happen to us. And that's, I guess, what I find the most disturbing is the individual's actions or the group acting as an individual, and they decide, well, because there's 10 or 15 of us, I can go over and impose our will on you that you can't wear that hat. It's a fragging hat. Get over it, okay? If you don't want to vote. And are you even voting? Or are you just sitting here saying, I'm going to do this stuff? Half of them, no. And then it's amazing to me when these things spontaneously happen, there always happens to be somebody with at least one phone out recording it all. These guys must walk around that damn thing recording everything. I mean, I think on. it's a something you see with a lot of younger people. They're more interested in recording their lives and living their lives or documenting their lives instead of living their lives. But, uh, yeah, it, it uh, like I said, it, it looks like a third-world country. It is no way to be. And they act like they're the only, this left or whatever they are, these, these anarchists. And I don't, they're not all anarchists. Most of them are just blooming idiots and a bunch of misinformed utes for the most part. Utes. utes. A bunch of misinformed utes that think they're doing something great, that it's okay that we're going to beat up some guy that supports Donald Trump because, of course, he's a racist and all this kind of crazy stuff. They believe the propaganda, you know. The dangerous thing when you start believing the propaganda, we can look through history. You don't have to go very far. We've seen believing the propaganda before led to 45 million people killed in the Second World War in concentration camps when you start believing the propaganda, and that started with the Utes. See, and that starts uh, the uh, the politicians and, and the way they just throw words out, racist, Nazi, KKK, like they don't mean anything. Okay, If Donald Trump is... Like Adolf Hitler, he's truly a Nazi. When you say bad things about Adolf Hitler, you disappear. Okay? They didn't sit there and have a conversation about it. You got killed. Family disappeared. Yeah. I mean, so don't talk about shit you don't know anything about. When you sit here and make those kind of statements, it's like, well, the police shoot black men for no reason, unarmed black men for no reason. Well, there's an awful lot of black men walking around. These cops must be some lazy son of a guns because they don't, they just don't drive around shooting them. And I'm like, it, the statement in and of itself is ridiculous, but they still make them, and you're not supposed to think about it. And if there's anything people can get out of our discussions on these podcasts, is stop listening to the media and think. You know, when you hear something, and then just do basic common sense to yourself. If I am in charge of NBC and CBS or any of those channels, I can decide what I will and won't show you. And I will make you think what you, you know, so you can't stay with one channel. If you watch Fox News, then make sure part of the day you watch MSNBC. You can't get more diametric, yeah, more opposed views. That's a big word. word. You got, you got over your head there. Yeah. 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 Way, getting way off. over your head there with that Getting word. pissed off. See, he was in third-year college English, and he only made it to second year. Yeah, that's because there was just one girl in there. But 
That's a whole different story. Yeah, yeah you know, that's just, a good point, though. you got to do your own research on this stuff. On my computer, i got, well, i got several icons, but two of the icons I have, one's Fox News and one's CNN, and double-check your facts. And then just research it, read different newspapers or, or different uh, Internet articles, because you're absolutely right. You look at things that are made national news right now, they're not national news. I don't give a rat's ass about half the stuff you see on the national news. Nope. It doesn't affect us. And I've said this before. Go back, go to YouTube, and just uh, search, uh, you know, Nightly News 1979 or something. And look what we used to have. You know, old Dan Rather and, and Walter Cronkite and those guys. Look the the kind of news and the stories they had. They were mostly world type of news that kind of affected everybody in a little way usually. There wasn't some local story from wherever that doesn't really affect anyone, but it can be twisted around to meet somebody's narrative and to try to meet their ideology and try to enforce what they're trying to enforce on everybody else to change your way of thinking. Well, now we're more concerned about what dress did Melania Trump wear. Is uh, Mrs. Obama <laughs> going to run for president? And I'm like, are you people serious? This is what you're really going to talk about? I'm like, oh, for the love of God. Uh, you know, and it's, you know, this like, uh, you know, well, before I left, uh, we had a, uh, what the hell's the name, Antifa demonstration downtown. And I interacted with some of, they weren't all a bunch of these loony uh, whack jobs like you see on TV, just a few of them. But I interacted with a few of the older guys that were there and they'd park their car kind of where my squad car was. And they were nuts. I didn't agree with them. We didn't argue. They were cordial. But. I'm not going to flip my lid and start yelling and cussing because they disagree with me. We probably couldn't have been farther apart on a political opinion, on a faith opinion, or anything else. So what I was was these people, but I respected the fact that they're human beings and fellow Americans. I don't have to agree with them. They don't have to agree with me. It's not grounds to hurt somebody, to attack somebody, or try to silence somebody. Yep. Walk into the voting booth, push the little button for the one you want, and go have a conversation with whomever. Yeah, I remember used to having some really good conversations at a local bub, pub and having some wings. And we would have some great arguments. And then we'd sit there and leave and nobody got all worked up about it. It was just like, you know, because let's face it, politicians are kind of a low form of life anyway. So for people to sit here and think, I mean, because when they talk about perceptions and stuff like that, well, everyone perceives you people as being a bunch of worthless thieving corrupt sobs so quit worrying about us go out and really do a job but you know and that's why i say if if we had limits to how long you can be in office so we get rid of this professional uh politician, politician. so you get two you can be in office i don't care what office two times total in your life you're done guess what you're not running for election all the time so you can sit there and actually maybe do your damn job so if you want to be the mayor, you're mayor twice. You can't go be anybody else. You were the mayor twice. You're done. And be a humble servant instead of being a divisive person who's trying to break things up. And this applies to both sides. Don't sit here and try to tell me that we're right and they're wrong. I'm like, no, you don't agree with them. That doesn't make them wrong because there may be some things that they're doing. I'll sit there and go, no, I agree with that. And then there'll be things on the other side. I go, no, I agree with you. That doesn't mean that, and if that makes me an independent, so be it, you know. But there are times when I hear these people talk, and I'm like, no, both sides, you're both fragging idiots. You know, there's no reason to even listen to you because you're just fragging idiots. And you kind of hit the nail on the head. I mean, some things are clearly black and white and right and wrong, but a lot of the political stuff, it's opinion. And you think you're right. I think I'm right. I think you're wrong. But you're entitled to your opinion, and that's how it is. You know, and the, the ironic thing about this kind of behavior we're seeing in the country right now is Donald Trump probably doesn't even have to put up a sign because it's going to get him reelected because the country overall, the people that are going to be out there voting, the people are paying taxes. They are every day getting more and more sick and tired of this crap. And then you look at the Democratic candidates and they are beyond a hot mess, to say the least. Um, we're going to have some video of them coming up here. Actually, I think we're ready for it right now. We're going to show you some of the video of some of our uh, Democratic candidates that we got running for office. And some of the things that uh, they say are just absolutely uh, mind-boggling and amazing. So let's uh, go ahead and take a look at that. And let me say right now, I think it is offensive 
to call police officers modern-day Jim Crow. That is not Texas. What Senator Cruz said is simply untrue. I did not call police officers modern-day Jim Crow. That was bullshit. We're talking about criminal justice reform. Let, let's talk about where this problem started. When contractors needed labor, they would talk to local law enforcement who would arrest African-Americans for idling, uh, for petty crimes, frivolous offenses. Uh, those contractors would describe the number of bodies that they needed, and law enforcement would provide those bodies. And when they look at the remains in that graveyard, they see evidence of muscles literally torn from the bone, people being worked to death in these convict chains. People who became convicts solely by dint of the color of their skin and a system that was radically unjust. Following what we thought was the end of that injustice at the end of the Civil War. That, that injustice, too many more people here than, than I know firsthand continues to persist today. That system of suspecting somebody solely based on the color of skin, searching that person solely based on the color of their skin, stopping that person solely based on the color of their skin, shooting that person solely based on the color of their skin, throwing the book at that person, letting them drop behind bars solely based on the color of their skin. It is why some have called this I think it is an apt description, the new Jim Crow. What Senator Cruz said is simply untrue. I did not call police officers modern-day Jim Crow. Warning, warning, bullshit alert. The new Jim Crow, the new Jim Crow, the new Jim Crow. This, this is why people don't like Washington, D.C. You just said something that I did not say. What did you not say? attributed it to me. What did you not say? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna repeat. I'm not going to repeat the slander so, so, so and the mischaracterization. I'm not going to repeat the slander You're not going to say what you did say? No, th this, this is your trick in the trade. Bullshit detected. Take precautions. Please talk about the history. What is the history that would then make those words wrong? Well, the, the Klan was a, what we would call today a domestic terrorist group. Why? Why, why would we call them domestic terrorist group? because they tried to use fear and force to change political environment. And what was the motivation for the use of fear and force? It was based on race and ethnicity. Right. Are you aware of the perception of um, many about how the, the, the power and the discretion at ICE is being used to enforce the laws? And do you see any parallels? I do not see any parallels between I'm talking about officers and agents. I'm talking about perception. I, I do not see a parallel between what is constitutionally mandated as it, as it relates to enforcing the law. Are you aware that there's a rights. perception? I see no Are you aware that there's a that perception? That puts ICE in the same category as the KKK. Is that what you're asking me? Uh, no, I'm very specific about what I'm asking you. Are you aware of a perception that the way that the discretion... I see to no inf parallel. I'm not finished. I see none. I'm not finished. I'm not finished. Are you aware that there's a perception that... that ICE is administering its power in a way that is causing fear and intimidation, um, um, particularly among immigrants and, and specifically among immigrants coming from Mexico and Central America. Are you aware of that perception? I, I do not see a parallel between the power and the authority that ICE has to do its job and the agents and officers who do it professionally and excellently with lots of compassion. Sir, how can you be the head of an agency and be unaware of how your agency is perceived by certain communities? There is a lot of perceptions in the media and in the public that are incorrect about the agency. But the perception exists, would you agree? Whether or not it's correct. And wouldn't you agree then that if that perception exists, there might need to be some work done to correct the perception. I, I do want to advocate for the workforce, uh, the, the, the vital public safety mission that they have to protect the homeland. And I think more people need to know how valuable they are to the society. Um, so I agree with you on that. So I understand your point that you want to defend the honor of the good men and women who work in the agency. And I appreciate
Police in South Bend, Indiana, speaking out over Mayor Pete's handling of an officer-involved shooting. Unidentified officers telling Fox News, quote, it's been really demoralizing and hard to come to work lately. Another adding, quote, I think you're going to see a mass exodus. Our administration is a joke. Here with more is president of the South Bend Fraternal Order of Police Lodge 36, Harvey Mills. Thanks for being with us, Harvey. Good morning. Good morning. So for folks that don't live in your area, tell us what's happening there and why are police officers saying things like that? Uh, since uh, uh, Sergeant O'Neill uh, was forced to defend himself and then and, uh, and shot a suspect. Um, Who had a knife, been, right? Uh, Eric Logan had a knife and he was defending himself? Absolutely, yep. An eight-inch hunting knife um, and uh, charged at O'Neill and he was forced to defend himself. Um, we feel that's completely justified. All the evidence that uh, we know of points that direction. And uh, while the investigation is not complete yet, um, uh, you know, uh, the mayor has uh, already said that this officer is, you know, going to be held accountable. Um, this, uh, this officer has actually resigned since then um, uh, as a result of stress. Yeah. Uh, you say that the morale is shattered within the police department. Do you blame Mayor Pete for that? I think a lot of it is the city administration. Yeah, sure. Why? What there has he things, done? Uh, uh, not a lot. Um, you know, for instance, uh, we hold uh, a memorial service every year uh, for the 15 officers that have died in the line of duty at our police department, and I don't recall a single one that he's attended. Uh, we've had senators and Congress people um, and uh, local officials from from elsewhere, but uh, I've, I've not seen him at one of our memorial services, and that's that's demoralizing. Harvey, we woke up to some video that um, was made public this morning of police officers being soaked with water and buckets thrown at their heads while they're trying to arrest someone. Watch this video. Oh my God, they came over here to talk to them that they violated. Yo, they violated them. They violated them. No, they violated them. Oh, they not stopping. Harvey, that video in Brooklyn and then another incident happening in Harlem, you're shaking your head no. It's hard to watch, right? It is. It's uh, very worrisome. What's your reaction? Um, uh, emotional right now because uh, I, I, I don't know the, those officers' exact, exact situation, but um, I'm guessing that somewhere in their administration there's a there's a there's a break uh, law uh, you know something something broken because uh, police officers should not have to deal with that uh, that's assault that's battery yeah um, I was surprised those officers right there didn't turn around and arrest the people that were throwing water on top of them one kid runs up and just dumps a bucket of water look at that right there on top of the officer the mm -hmm. officer um, is he's he um, demonstrates so much restraint. What would you do in that situation? Uh, it, it, it's really hard to say. I don't know all the circumstances there, but uh, certainly police on a, uh, assault on a police officer uh, demands an arrest. Yeah, it's really sad. Well, Harvey, yeah. thank you for your service, and thanks for being with us this morning. You're welcome. I run the largest police force in America, too, and if we're going to stop these shootings, we're going to get these guns off the street, we have to have a very different relationship between our police and our community. I also want to say there's something that sets me apart from all my colleagues running in this race, and that is for the last 21 years, I've been raising a black son in America. And I have had to have very, very serious talks with my son, Dante, about how to protect himself on the streets of our city and all over this country, including how to deal with the fact that he has to take special caution because there have been too many tragedies between our young men and our police, too, as we saw recently in Indiana. So we need to have a different conversation in this country about guns, but also a different conversation about policing that brings police and community together. We've done that in New York City, and we've driven down crime. Hands of working people, $15 minimum wage, paid sick days, pre-K for all, things that are making a huge difference in working people's lives. But let me tell you what we're hearing here already in the first round of questions is that battle for the heart and soul of our party. I want to make it clear. This is supposed to be the party of working people. Yes, we're supposed to be for a 70% tax rate on the wealthy. Yes, fight for the heart and soul of our party, that we nominate a candidate who has seen the face of poverty and didn't just talk about it, 
but gave people $15 minimum wage. It matters that we nominate a candidate who saw the destruction wrought by a broken health care system and gave people universal health care. It matters that we choose someone who saw the wasted potential of our children denied pre-K and gave it to every single one of them for free. These things really matter. And these are the things that I've done in New York, and I want to do the same for this whole country. Because putting working people first, it matters. We need to be that party again. Let's work together. With your help, we can put working people first again in America. Thank you, Mayor de Blasio. Right on time. Governor Inslee, 45 seconds. All right, so there you go. Which one are you going to vote for? I'm not sure if I'm going to vote for any of them. Mickey Mouse might be a better choice. Uh, the first one I think is beyond disturbing is O'Rourke, uh, that the police are the new Jim Crow, that um, he's going on about all these uh, terrible things, and I'm not saying that maybe at some point in the last 150 years or something like that might not have happened, but I sure as a hell don't know where it's happening now where we're uh, having police officers taking – black men off the street for no reason and they're enslaved and whatever the heck he was trying to say and work to death um this guy is living in la la land if he thinks in any way shape or form this is going on in our country right now and then has the audacity to compare the police to jim crow uh that's insulting in and of itself but He's a politician. I don't know exactly where he's giving this speech, but it must be about as left as you can get wherever that uh, university or wherever that is at because he's obviously catering to the people that's listening to him, and they're just going to sit there like a bunch of bobbleheads and all that's great and not even think about what he's saying, not even think about the seriousness of what he's saying. And, you know, hopefully a normal person, once again, do your research, you're not going to vote for someone that is going to have such a bizarre opinion of your law enforcement to think that they are the new Jim Crow. And here's a, he's a, he married into a rich family and daddy's taking care of him. Stepdad or father-in-law's taking care of him and he's doing all these things. But even that crowd, when you sat there and watched him talk, they were just kind of looking at him like, what? You know, cause you don't hear any clapping. You don't hear anybody going, yeah. And I'm like, okay, again, you're talking about something that happened in history and you have no you've developed no foundation for it. You're sitting here talking about what happened post Civil War. And now you're sitting here saying, okay, that was a hundred years ago. So we still have, and I love these words, systemic racism, systemic whatever. And I'm like, what are they? What are we doing? Okay. Yeah, exactly. Because you sit here, I'm like, it's like they forgot. I believe there was this guy and his name was Barack Obama. And I think the country elected him to be president of the United States. Twice. And I'm Twice. fairly certain he got reelected. And I'm positive he was black the whole time. And part like, of the time. Just part of it? Just part and, of the time. And, and, and let's not just stop with Barack Obama. I, I think we had uh, uh, Attorney General that uh, I think his name was Eric Holder. And, yeah. and we've had, uh, on. I think, truthfully, now that we've had a black president, I'm not aware of any office in this country, uh, judge, sheriff, you name it, mayor, governor, that hasn't been held by a black person, but yet we are supposed to be these vice president. Vice president. Okay. Well, we're supposed to be these, uh, you know, cross burning. We don't want that job. <laughs> <laughs> these cross burning <laughs> racist in this country. It, it, like I say, though, when they make these comments, I'm like, I'm just, I will say whatever I have to say to try to get a vote. Again, we talked earlier. We've just had a, you know, couple of active shooter situations happen in the country. All of these presidential candidates are going to come out and say, I 100% support the police, and they did a great job, and brup, 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 And then next week it'll be, we have all this racism within the police departments, and we got to do this, and we got to do that. And I'm like, which side of your mouth are you talking out of today? Because I'm They're talking I'm, out of their I'm, ass, usually. I'm kind of losing it, and I'm like, you have no foundation of any trust or believability because people listen to you. And again, as I said before, actually do your own thinking. Don't let them tell you what they think. And they're only going to show you what they want to show. You know, if I'd have been the man asked that question and you're sitting here telling me that, uh, you know, there's this uh, perception and I'm like, okay, what are you going to do about it? Well, we're doing our job and I'll try to have 
somebody in our PR department do a better bit of letting people know we're doing our job. But the perception's coming from you politicians exactly. and the news media. So maybe if you started telling the truth, things would be better. Why can't he say that? Because he's the acting whatever, and he'll be out of the job. And I'm like, if that's what I got to do to have the job, I don't want the job. Well, see, and that's where we run into problems, Jeff, because that's what everybody is doing, watching what they say because, ooh, I want that job. That's exactly Nobody right. is doing the job because I feel like I should do the job for the country. I'm doing this job because... You know how much it pays? Yep. You know the benefits I get with this job? Ha, I think I'm going to get that job because that's what I was waiting on him to say to her. Well, ma'am, yes, there are a lot of misconceptions going on. And do I really care about them? No, because my department, my officers are doing their job. Now, can I control what people think about it? No. So I don't worry about it. As long as the people under me are doing what they're supposed to be doing lawfully, I really don't care what you think is going on. Yep. It doesn't matter. And, and if I am doing, as the director of ICE. ICE, and I am doing my job, I would sit there and look and say, well, it doesn't help when people in the Senate call us Nazis. It doesn't help. When people sit here and say we're being racist and how we're enforcing the laws that you people put into the books and said, these are the laws of the country. If you don't like it, ma'am, get off your butt, put a bill out, and have the law changed. There you go. I mean, but it's instead, well, I'm always going to have to point the finger somewhere else. It's got to, it's, but I'm like, this is your, the law is your job. Write the law. Okay. If you don't like the way the laws are being enforced, don't come over here and complain at us. Change the Change law. Change the law. You have the power to do that. Right. We don't. Because if we turn around and start doing the, well, we'll only enforce the laws we want or the laws we like, good Lord. That's going to be a day-to-day -day <laughs> thing. You know? Okay. I drove down this street yesterday at 85 miles an hour. The officer waved at me. You're pulling me over and writing me a ticket. That's right. I write tickets. He doesn't. He doesn't like tickets. <laughs> You know, it's about enforcing laws, too, you, especially a young police officer out there, and I'm going to chase robbers and play cops and robbers and do all this stuff, and I'm going to I'm gonna fairly enforce the law, and I'm going to be very, you know, justice is blind. So you go out and you arrest criminals, and depending on where you're working, they might end up being a racial minority. Now all of a sudden you're a racist. Well, no, he uh, robbed a bank, or no, he, uh, well, he broke into a house, or, well, uh, now he's driving drunk, or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That I got played the hand I was dealt, and, and now all of a sudden I'm a member of the Klan. Are you shitting me? Well, it's it's like things are getting so stupid. So if you get a convenience store gets you know stop and rob gets robbed, and they put out the description of it's a black male and he's wearing this, but after you've stopped three black males, you must stop at least one white male and then continue looking for the black male we're looking for so that we can be diverse. Yeah, I don't like, care if this description is a black male between the ages of 18 and 20 to 7 foot 9. You need to go find an 87-year-old Swedish woman that's 5 foot 2 and shake her down. Yep, I'm pretty sure that's, that's her. Right. And I'm like, I, I just don't understand. I mean, because when I hear these things and they talk about, well, we have to have diversity, and this will kind of get into the dummy and down of how we hire now. People don't understand. One of the... Biggest things that we can do as law enforcement is I can take your freedom away from you and put you in a cage. So I don't want idiots getting this job. I want people that know what they're doing because not only can I take your freedom away from you and put you in a cage, if you fight me, I'll shoot you because I'm stupid. And I'm like, no, we don't need that. What we need is people that sit here and can pass the test that we've been using for quite a long time and meet the standards we've had for a long time because those standards were not just made up. Right. The problem, though. Uh, those like, are gone already. Oh, that's a shame. What's that, standards? The standards yeah. and the tests the from people days are gone. of old are gone. The people are gone. You know, like. Like I'd mentioned in an earlier show, we uh, would normally have five, six, seven, I know as many as 800 off or not officers, but people take the police test. Their last test, they give 90. Well, back in 88, when I took the test, it was something like 1,500 applicants for that test. And still you made it. And yeah, I know. Isn't, <laughs> isn't it a shame? <laughs> you know, 
and that was the thing because there was a, a, a brotherhood, a sisterhood of becoming a police officer. You know, when I started back in the late seventies, you literally was that eighteen or nineteen. It mostly eighteen. Okay, you literally had to earn your way before people even started talking to you. Now, people today would be like, oh, my God, and that's not right, and you can't do this, and you can't do that. Hostile like, work environment. That is, yeah, exactly. That, And I'm like, no, that was good because you had to go out and prove yourself, and people had to know if it hits the fan, I didn't have to turn around and go, is Dave still with me? No, no, Dave's the guy pushing me out of the way trying to get there first, right? I've been accused of that once or twice. but so, Several. <clears throat> So it was important to have that kind of person. And you can still hire a very diverse group of people. You're just going to have to work as administrators of a police department to go out and get those people and show them why do you want to be a cop. And it's not to get water thrown on you. And it's not to have these jerks in public office sit here and tell you one thing and do exactly the opposite behind your back the next time. Everybody's our friend until it comes down to supporting us with money. We get guys to get hurt taking care of their pensions and those kind of things. Then all of a sudden, it's just dollars and cents. We can't afford this. And I'm like, you know, when someone's doing a shooting and we're charging towards the gunfire, they all stand behind us. It's pretty far back. You'd need binoculars to see them. But they all stand behind us and talk about how much I'm just so proud of our first responders. And I'm like, yeah, you are. You don't even know their names. No. Yeah, And uh, like I say, all the political hoopla and the nonsense and this criticism, everything from ice or from water being thrown to these politicians just attacking the police and calling them racist. That's why you got you went from uh, fifteen hundred applicants for a job to ninety. You know, and you know, yeah, you're going to find more qualified people out of fifteen hundred than you are ninety. You're going to be lucky to find anybody to even fill the gaps in the ninety. That's why our department's so far down. Everybody's leaving as soon as they can, and nobody else wants to come on board. And uh, we're not the only department doing this. Uh, one of the clips we just saw up there was a mayor in South Bend, Indiana. And he's going to hold the officer accountable for uh, shooting this guy. I think believe he was armed with a knife or whatever. And, and you heard their union president up there. You know, the morale shot, you know, thanks to the city administration. That's a common theme that sounds all too familiar to everybody sitting at this table. And I don't understand why, as the head of a city, and you have an officer-involved shooting. When you answer the press conference, your first thing is, when the investigation is complete, I will come tell you what I know. For me to speculate now, just like we won't talk about the two shootings, active shooter shootings that just occurred, because we don't have any facts. To sit here and speculate just adds to the BS that's going on in this country where you should sit here and say, when we know, you'll know. Until then... You're just sitting here spinning your wheels and making conversations. I mean, it drives me crazy when the news media sits there and they know they have to fill all this space, so they go out and they talk to the, oh, what did you see, sir? And then you put the microphone in front of his face. Well, I heard what sounded like firecrackers. and I, I'm like, yeah, that was important. You can Thank almost God always tell exactly how that newscast is going to go because they'll go to the police department. We can't comment right now. It's under investigation. So they'll go find this guy's grandma. You know who who wasn't there was home in bed. You know watching the Golden Girls, and but they'll they talk to her, you. and she'll give a complete com, complete synopsis blow. of what happened because she heard it from somebody that heard it whose cousins was a friend of the guy that was across the street that might have lived there one time when he was in third grade. So this is all fact. Golden Girls, <laughs> really? It's a good show. Oh uh, well, yeah. Like uh, I say, I mean, and I don't take sides on this. I, I the Republican Party will say or do anything if they think it'll get them a vote. The Democratic Party will do the exact same thing. And then you got Looney Bernie, who's in the whatever party he's in. I don't even know what the man is saying. he's in the Toga Party. But, you know, when you sit there and you listen to these people, and, and when I watch how far to the left the Democrats want to try to say things, just to, you know, everything's free, and I'm like, my God, are you mailing this election in? Because right now I just think we should just not have it, save the money, and be done with it because – Maybe 5% of the public's actually going to believe I get this for free. And anybody who has a job realizes free means I'm paying for it. I tend to think a lot of these people running for office on, on the Democratic side, they are so involved in their own little world like de Blasio in, in New York 
he's surrounded by everybody that is a bobblehead. Everybody agrees with him. You know, it's like the emperor wears no clothes. It's like nobody wants to say, dude, this is stupid. No, oh, yeah, this is a great idea, you know, or O'Rourke. You know, well, yeah, the police are the new Jim Crow. Dude, that sounds ignorant. But, oh, I'm not going to say that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, good job. Good job. Congratulations. And I, I, I tend to think, because you're right, because some of the stuff they say is so bizarre and so just not even making sense that nobody with any rational common sense that is advising them there, there isn't anybody. Everybody is just a bobblehead and agreeing well, see, with what they say. you got to remember now, that's where a lot of people in power, that's what they surround themselves with is bobbleheads. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we've had that happen around here quite a, a few times. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Well, and, and, you know, you watch this last Democratic debate. This will kind of give people a time setting when we're there. And they start tearing Barack Obama down, and I'm like, Oh, my God, are you people out of your minds? He's yeah. the most popular Democrat in the entire country, and now he didn't do enough. And I'm like, what, was he a racist? <laughs> I'm like, it, yeah. it's just crazy. I mean, they'll sit there, whatever I have to say, because it might get me a little bit more to this side. And, you know, just so I can prove that I'm pretty much neutral. And then Knucklehead, we call, you know, Trump, he'll get on there and he'll be saying, <laughs> I got to tweet something. And you're like... Why? Why don't you just be quiet? Yeah, let it go, Donnie. You already got this, man. Just let it go. Yeah, let it, you don't have to say try, nothing. They're mailing it into yeah, you. Yeah. And then you're like, nope, I got to make the You don't even have to print up one more MAGA hat, dude. Like, you got 2020 in the bag. Yeah. Just just let it roll. And I'm like, just let it. <laughs> throw the yep. coins out there. We're good to go. But yep. no, no. They're going to get you elected. You don't even have to campaign. Yep. And I'm like, yeah, every so often, I just wish he'd let his wife talk for him. So. Uh, well, anyway, all right. Are we, are, are we done with our political segment here? I God, think I we hope covered, so. I yeah, I, yeah, you know, but we're going to have to do it again because, you know, police and politics, they go hand in hand. And the crap that the police officers around the country, especially in our bigger cities, are going through right now, it is the same thing that you heard from South Bend, Indiana, Chicago, Illinois, New York City. It's the same thing. They have no leadership. They, no one has their back. They don't have any support. And as a result, they cannot and do not do their job as they should because they have no morale. Nobody's supporting them up above. And it doesn't matter how many citizens are supporting them. It's the people. It's the mayor. It's, it's, it's the politicians that are in charge. It's your administration. It's your chief. You've got to have support for your officers. And it's an epidemic throughout the country. And the end result is what you're seeing in New York City around the country. It's, for lack of a better term, we're on the verge of anarchy almost. It's just lawlessness and just completely unacceptable behavior. So we're going to have to talk politics, whether you want to hear or not, because, like I say, police and politics, they go hand in hand. And another history lesson, because I'm old. When I started the job, there was almost no politics to it. I mean, there was just, here's the laws, here's the rules, go out and do this, and that's just the way it was. Somewhere towards the end of the 80s, early 90s, you started seeing a little bit of politics getting involved, but not much. But here recently, it's all politics. I mean, when the regular street officer sits there and says, I can't do such and such because, and then they come up with some political reason and the bosses aren't going to, and I'm like, man, that is just completely foreign. And I'm talking about guys that got a year or two on the job. I mean, I know one kid, he's got about five years on the job, and he's already like, man, I made a mistake. I should not have done this. I should have stayed in school and did whatever. And I'm like, that's a shame. I'd have worked the first four or five years pretty much for free. It was just a good time. I agree. Now these guys are like, I hate They're this They're burned place. out after the first week. Oh, they hate the place. And I'm like, that's you don't want guys out there pushing a squad car around that don't like their job. Especially two or three years in, you got another 30 to go. Oh, well, they won't be pushing it around. They'll find some place to be. And that's what they're and doing. And they'll be parked, and that's where the squad car will be yep. until they get a call. And, and, wow, proactive policing. I remember, I remember that was the big oh, push, and you had to go gone. do that. Yeah, now we don't even want it. We want neighborhood policing, which is basically go find a neighborhood, park, and don't move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know, until somebody calls you on the radio and says, now go over here. Yep. And how did you phrase it? And you can't do anything about that either. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, I'm like, we send guys to calls, and then we tell them, "Yeah, you, uh, can't, you can't do nothing you about can't do that. Anything about that? Just go ahead and clear." It's not just the police department; it's happening in 
companies is happening everywhere. You know, I mean, look at Nike. They decided that uh, because some failed football player thought that the Bessie Ross flag was uh, racist, that uh, they pulled their tennis shoes off the shelf. Or you got this uh, politician out in New York City, OAC, AOC, 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 whoever. uh, I know who you mean. Yeah, everybody knows who I mean. AOC. Um, She was decided that uh, they shouldn't be planting gardens in New York City and trying to grow some of their own vegetables because it would uh, it's racist because it could refer back to colonialism. I mean, it's just the most bizarre way of thinking they're doing these things. And when did all this stuff happen? It happened when you have these half-cocked, inept politicians deciding they can exploit this and actually empower themselves. And unfortunately, it's worked quite a few times. And what I find amazing is, is when a politician says, I'm going to fundamentally change the country, you should be afraid. There's not that much wrong with this country. We need to fundamentally change it. The bottom line is the people, that the politicians want to do that, these extremists that we're seeing, it, all it amounts to is power. They want to control it. They want everybody under their thumb. That's why they're going to promise you everything free. They want, to, they want to beat people down to where they can't get up if they want to. They want to take their morality so they can have the higher morality. They, they want people to have a low morality. They want people to act almost like animals sometimes because they're going to look all high and mighty and going to give you this and give you that and try to control these people. It's all about control, power, and, and, and money at the end of the day. And it's unfortunate, but uh, that's where we've gone, and, and we need to get back on track to what this country's about. And it's not attacking old men that's wearing a hat that you don't like because you guys have a different of opinion. That's, that's not what we're about. And it's not about making people have to do what the government says in order to get their money that they think I so richly deserve. Like, it's a crazy concept, but get a job. Yeah. So, well, anyhow, that's kind of a political issue here for Cop Talk America. Thanks for tuning in. Catch us on iTunes, Google Tunes, and Twitter, or go to our website. Once again, we only care about the truth.